Well, welcome to our Wednesday night equip. Go ahead and get your Bibles and your notebooks out because it's going to be a great and awesome night. I hope everyone had a joyful Thanksgiving. Did you have a joyful Thanksgiving? And we're going to have a joyful Christmas season. Amen. Well, I have the privilege of introducing tonight's speaker. Now, he has been up here before, and isn't he awesome when he does the transitions? I mean, he's just, I just told him, I said, oh, I felt like I was back in youth again. Kind of scared me because he yelled out because you got to get the youth kids' attention. So, heads up, it may get a little loud because he is our youth pastor, right? Ben Irvinozo. But before it comes up, I just wanted to share just a little bit, and I told myself, I'm going to bring my iPad up here. I'm going to just read it off my notes so that I don't stray and I don't get emotional because Ben has grown up in our youth, and I have gotten to know him. He's an extension of my family. Uh, He was about, I think when I met you, you were 11th grade, and Pastor Sheldon, myself, along with other people, have invested in Ben. And this is what I see. This is what we see. This is what Pastor Sheldon believes, that he is becoming the leader and the man, not that he wants to be, but what God has called him to be. And there are two things. There's a lot of characteristics a leader should have, and there's two things that I personally feel really explain, uh, kind of explains Ben. One, humility. A leader is never about themselves. If we were up here about ourselves, Lord help you, all you guys, including us. It can never be about us. The second thing is teachable. Ben has grown. He, he takes advice well. He learns. He's always looking, not what's going to please man, but what's going to please God. And that is something that we just look at. And that is a huge thing. And he has grown up in our youth. He's married to Katie Ann, who, wave Katie. She's awesome. She also grew up in our youth. She was given to us when she was fifth grade. We love Katie. We love her. And they have a 10-month-old beautiful baby girl, Caitlin, who just took like two steps. No, too fast. But please welcome with me Ben Urbanozo. Now, at this point, I, I normally I would leave the stage. I just love Ben. He's like my little bro. Bo. Thank you, Bunny. You're still shorter than me, so I guess you're my little bro. <laughs> Thank you, but Bunny. can I just explain the mohawk? Oh, okay. okay. First of all, when I saw him doing his mohawk, my face was like, really? Really, you're going to go on stage with the mohawk? Then I thought, okay, wait, he's the youth guy. Got to give him some slack. It's fine. The, the mohawk is fine. And then the Lord revealed to me, that the reason why he has the mohawk. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'm going to share why he has the mohawk. Because the junior hires. Now, our high school youth will fluctuate anywhere between 60, sometimes a little over 100 kids on a Thursday night. Our junior hires, a little bit smaller. Now, my son attends the junior high U-turn. And he came home and he said, Mom, guess what Uncle Ben said? I said, okay, what did he say? He goes, if we bring as many friends to the Thanksgiving dinner, if we hit 70, he's cutting his hair into a mohawk. Well, obviously, the kids went out and invited their friends, 
Now we have over 70 kids in our youth in yep. junior high, and Ben gets to rock a mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Ben, for being an outstanding leader. Thank you for loving our kids. What a great heart, and you guys are going to enjoy this message. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for all that you've done and invested in me. She told me to say that. <laughs> nah, but thank you, though, very much, buddy. And uh, it is a great honor and privilege to be speaking to you guys tonight. I do hope that you guys had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, hopefully everyone here had a safer Black Friday shopping. I know some of you were there because I saw you there. <laughs> so I uh, hope you guys, uh, hope you guys are, are you guys ready for, for this season? Like, it's Christmas season. Like, newsflash, three weeks from now, it's going to be Christmas. Yeah, three weeks from today, Christmas. That's, that's how fast Christmas is coming. And uh, if this is your first time to our Wednesday Equip service, uh, we just want to welcome you. It's not like our Sunday uh, morning service. This is where we kind of get more in-depth. And the purpose is to equip you, the saints, to do the work of God's ministry. And you know what? To be honest, there's no better time to reach God's people than Christmas time. Right? But you know... As Christmas approaches, sometimes I wonder, I wonder if we take it for granted. You know, sometimes it almost seems as if our focus becomes so much about the Christmas lights, the Christmas trees, the food, the shopping, the parking, the saving money, the waiting till January where you're going to be broke. <clears throat> I know for some of us, I know the first thing some of us are thinking is, when going to get snow, I'm on a kill. When going to get snow, I'm on a kill, because I like go. And if you go, bring some, down, bring some snow down for us, okay? And, and of course, we focus on the presence. Sometimes I actually, I also think that uh, our focus actually becomes so much more about how Christmas is a, a, a good season. It's such a, it's such a loving, warming season. And while that might not be a bad thing, if our focus isn't what Christmas really is, we're going to miss the bigger picture. And tonight, the reason why the sermon is called a Christmas sermon that you can preach is because tonight, I, wanna, I, think it's, I think it's only right that three weeks from now, as we celebrate Christmas, we get back to the heart of Christmas, of why it really happened. You see... If there was no Christmas tree, if there was no Christmas lace, if there was no shopping, if there was no gifts, you and I could still celebrate Christmas, right? Yes. You know, sometimes it actually seems as if the story of Christmas is reduced to being just a nice story, rather than being the glory of God's amazing love. You know, for many of us, we know the Christmas story. We know that it's the, about the arrival of the Savior of the world, coming to begin the story of redemption and restoration back to our Father in heaven. It's more than just a story of God's amazing love. It's the truth that God fulfills his promises. And it is through Christmas that we see God's heart for all of his children. So tonight... Let us come back to the true heart of Christmas so that we can go out and share Christmas with those around us. Amen? Now, 
When I was a kid, I loved Christmas. How many, when you were a kid, you loved Christmas? How many of you still love Christmas? I love Christmas still. And so, uh, I remember being a kid, I loved Christmas. And yes, although it was kind of about the presents, for me, it was actually so much more than that. See, uh, I, was only, I was an only child, and in our house was only me, my mom. Uh, at a the time, there was my grandparents, and then there was my uncle. And so, I didn't get the, the, the joys of either getting picked on or picking on other people. So, I, got, I, got, you know, I was an only child. And so, I loved Christmas because Christmas was one of the occasions where my family would come. We'd all hang out, and, and this is my uncles, my aunties, my cousins, and and some of our family friends, and they would just come to our house, and we would just love it. We, I mean, I still remember memories where we just ran around outside, you know, made all trouble, and came inside because our parents were yelling at us, you know? And so I loved Christmas because that's what took place, was family. But I remember, uh, I remember this one time. I was actually, it, was, it took place before Christmas, and it actually happened when I was in elementary. I think I was, like, in fifth grade, and back then, our our teacher decided she wanted to treat the good kids, which is, you know, another cold word for geeks, to, to, <laughs> to yeah, I was a geek. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, she decided to treat us to take all the good kids out for pizza. And it was on a weekend. So, I remember going uh, with me and some, several of my classmates went to Pizza Hut. And when you're a fifth grader and you get told it's buffet, you know, it's like heaven. It's like, ah, you get pizza. Oh, you can eat. Yes. And my mom wasn't there. She, she, she couldn't tell me stop. You know? So I remember eating, you know, pizza and, and, and eating and eating. And then all of a sudden, we're having, I'm having so much fun at Pizza Hut. And all of a sudden, I see my mom pull up. And I'm like, wait, it's, it's a little early. What's going on? And so I see her walk through the door. Now, I was expecting this big smile, you know, like, hey, I was like one of the good kids, you know, that's why I was there. But... She, she came running into Pizza Hut like this. And I was like, wait, I'm, I'm not in trouble. I'm, wait, I'm a good kid. That's why I'm here. What did I, do? I didn't do anything bad. And so I started freaking out. And if you remember when you were kids and your parents look mad, you start freaking out. You think about everything that you've done. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. Why are you looking so mad? And so she walks in and she looks at me and goes, come here. I'm like, so I walked there, and, and she tells me, we need to go. I'm like, so when you're, when you're in fifth grade, and your parents are like that, you start hyperventilating, because you're like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> so she grabs me, we go, and I'm in the car, and I'm trying to be as still and quiet as possible. Because I can feel the heat coming off of her. And my mom is a loving person. But this time, she's like Hulk. I'm like, ah! And so, and so I'm like, I'm about to go, I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong. And she goes, I'm mad. I can tell, I can feel it. And so, and so she actually t- goes and shares with me that she's not actually mad at me. And I was like, ooh. She's like, I'm mad at your uncle. And it was my uncle that lived with us. And uh, something happened. And so when we got home, I just remember walking straight inside and going to my room going, oh, my uncle's a dead man. My uncle's a dead man. Whew. And I start hearing my mom just scolding him. And I'm like, my uncle's like 40 years old. Man, he's getting treated like he's five. <laughs> so I hear my mom scolding him. And, and eventually I hear my mom say, you know what? You have to find somewhere else to live. That's how mad my mom was. 
And so sure enough, uh, my uncle moved out. And my mom, see, there's something you have to know about my mom. If you know my mom, she's a really loving person. Until she gets mad. When she gets mad, only God can stop her. Okay? She won't let go of it. And so uh, she's better now, though. And I'm not saying that because she's here. Actually, I am. Uh, and so she, she was so mad. I've never seen her that mad. And so I remember, you know, months went by, and eventually comes Christmas. And my uncle comes around, and he starts asking, can he come over for Christmas? And in my mind, I'm going, dude, you're lucky you're still living. And you're like, come over for, you don't want to come over for Christmas? Mom's going to murder you. And lo and behold, my mom shocked me when she said yes. She said yes. And so my, and not only that, see, I thought that was amazing, but then she actually went and bought him presents. I was like, what? And not only did she buy him presents, she actually wrapped them nicely. If it was me, I would have just put him in the Walmart bag and say, here you go, Merry Christmas. And, but there's something that I saw that Christmas. I saw, that, that Christmas, I saw redemption and restoration. And you know what's interesting? Is that actually what took place the very first Christmas. That's what Christmas also has. See, the first Christmas is actually a story of where God said, I'm going to redeem my people. I'm going to restore my relationship with them. And how? I'm going to give them my son. You know, it's interesting. Because Christmas was, and it still is, all about God looking at all of his beloved children letting go of what we've done in the past and blessing us beyond our own belief. I don't know about you, but I know there's things in my past that I've done that I can't believe God let go of. See, Christmas was the beginning of God's amazing plan to bring redemption and restore a relationship with him. And if you have your Bibles, I want, if you could turn to Matthew 1. Now, this is Matthew's take on the birth of Jesus. And it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. You see, Christ's birth was the beginning of God's amazing plan to forgive us and bring us back to him. 
You see, Christmas is not about the Christmas tree, but about the birth of the Savior who would eventually be hung on a tree. The redemption and restoration that Christ gave us through his death started with his immaculate birth. What ended with an empty tomb started with an empty feeding trough. You see, if Christmas was only a good story, then you and I would still be under the slavery of sin. Which means that if Christmas is only a good story, no matter how good it may feel or how good this season may be, we would still be on a path that leads to hell with no way to turn around. But it is through the gift of God that we have eternal life. It says it in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, for thousands of years from the fall of man, God had a plan to bring his people back to him. See, generations and generations passed, and both saw the glory of God and the wrath of God. And in it all, God actually spoke through his prophets and told them that one day he would send the Messiah, the Savior, to bring them back. And on the first Christmas, it was God fulfilling his promise. The Savior had been born. Now, like I said earlier, I'm an only child, and if you think that means that I was spoiled, you're right. <laughs> Just saying, I admit it. See, admittance is the first step. So I admit that I was a spoiled only child. And because I was a spoiled only child, I normally got what I wanted for Christmas. And so uh, I remember being a little kid in elementary, and I just would continue to ask my mom for all these crazy things. But when you're in elementary, you really don't ask for, well, now they do. They ask, like, for iPhones. <laughs> I asked for, like, action figures. I don't even think kid, kids know what that is anymore. But anyway, uh, when I was a kid, I asked my mom for all these things. But as I got older, uh, my mom thought it'd be better, instead of buying all these things, that she would just get me one big present. And so I remember, I think I was in high school, and uh, I wanted an Xbox. And so this is when Xbox just came out, and I was like, so because I'm an only child, and because I had, you know, years of only child syndrome to practice, <laughs> I knew how to get things for my mom. So when you're an only child, and you want something badly, you, you just tell your parents the really good things about it. Like, Mom, you know this Xbox right here? It's like, it's like awesome, Mom. You know, it has cool graphics, you know, the controller, you can play all these games. How much is it? But mom, you know this other thing right here? You know, it's so great. How much is it? Mom, it's priceless, but it's $200. No. What? And so I remember just continuing to ask my mom, and Christmas came around, and I started just laying more and more clues. Like, mom, you know, this Xbox would look really cool in my room. You know, I could play, you know, I could play video games, and then when I go over to my friend's house and play, I could beat them. I could be number one. And so, you know, I started telling my mom all these great things. And so my mom would tell me these, this slogan, and it would just drive me insane. She would tell me, maybe, not now. And I was like, which one is it? Maybe or not now? Like, maybe means yes or no. Not now means uh, not now. Which one? Which one? And so I remember just, I just remember going, and, and weeks, weeks before Christmas, I just kept going on. Every time I went to Plaza, every time I went to Walmart, I just tell my mom, Mom, Xbox, 
She's like, uh-huh, maybe, not now. So finally, Christmas Eve comes, and we have a tradition uh, with our family um, that I get to open a present on Christmas Eve. So I remember Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve coming, and I went, and I looked for a box that looked like an Xbox. And lo and behold, there was one. So I went, and I grabbed it, Mom, can I open this one? Can I open the Lily's? She's like, sure. And, I, and as I'm holding I'm like, it's kind of heavy. Yeah. So she's like, you sure you want to open that one? You can't open anything else. I go, yeah, I want to open this one. So, you know, I was in 11th grade, but I, I acted like I was five years old. I just started ripping the thing. <laughs> one frying pan. Mom. What is on fry? Why, why you got me on frying pan? Because you need to learn how to cook, son. What? And so I remember, and, and I was so heartbroken. And I got this too. I was like, I got to cook now? You know? And so I just remember being heartbroken. And I was like, oh, you know what? Okay, I guess I'm not getting the Xbox. It's, it's all right. And uh, next, next morning came, it was Christmas. And so I ended up opening all my gifts. And nope, no Xbox. And I was already heartbroken, so I was like, all right, I, you know, I'm happy for all the gifts, you know. When you're, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know when you want to be happy, but you're not happy? <laughs> and so, uh, I'm, you, know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm like, oh, thank you, Mom, for my frying pan. <laughs> and all these other things. Hey, you bought me food to cook on the frying pan. Yeah. Can of Spam, yes. And, uh. So I'm all heartbroken, and all of a sudden she goes, wait, there's one more. And I'm like, if this is the soft spot, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> so she gives me another box, and it's big too. And I'm like, I'm holding it, and I'm like, it could be the Xbox, or it could be a saucepan. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not, you know, like, I'm serious, I was so heartbroken. And I know that sounds weird, but I was. And so, you know, only child syndrome. And so I start opening it, and I see something. I'm like, and there it was, the Xbox. And then I went, what, no more games? <laughs> and seriously, I said that. And seriously, my mom said, oh, this goes with it. And it was the game I wanted. Now, I share that because I'm not saying God's going to give us everything we want. But there's something my mom shared with me after I, I opened the Xbox. She told me, you know, Ben, you might not always get what you want. But know that I'm always listening. And you know what the, you know what the weird thing is? It's the same thing with God. It's the same thing with God. We might want something, but God's saying, trust me, you don't need it. But I am listening. See, God fulfills his promises. You know what's interesting is that before Christ was even born, when, when, when the people of Israel and Judah, they were crying out for a savior, they wanted a warrior king. Instead, they got a baby boy. Why? Because a warrior king would have dictated over us. But a baby boy chose to live among us. See, that's God fulfilling his promise. If you turn to Isaiah, in Isaiah 7, 
The prophet Isaiah actually foretells what the angel tells Mary in Matthew 1. Now remember, this is years, years, generations before Christmas even, before Christ is even born, before Mary even gets told that she's going to be pregnant. This is what it says in Isaiah 7, 14. All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And in Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, the prophet gives the people of Judah the hope that they will find in the future Messiah. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The, the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Did you know that even in Micah, in the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, God actually reveals where the Messiah is going to be born. It says, But, O oh you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village in Judah, yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. See, God fulfills his promises, and he fulfilled his promise of the Messiah on that very first Christmas. As it says in John 1.18, when Christ came to this earth, he revealed God to us. You know, as we come back to the heart of, the true heart of Christmas, not only are we reminded that it's about God wanting a relationship with us through his son Jesus, and not only is it about his fulfillment of his promises, you see, as we celebrate Christmas, we must remember that it's not just a good story, but we have to celebrate its truth. That God loves you, me, and every single person on this earth. In John 1.14, it says, For the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. I asked someone, just tell me, why do we give gifts to people on, on Christmas? And the reason is because we want to just show them how much we love them, right? Picture this. God gave the gift of his Son because he loves you. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we may have eternal life through him. That's in 1 John 4, 9. You see, God sent his son Jesus to be a gift to each person on this earth, just like the first Christmas. Now, if you turn to your, in your Bibles to Luke 2, I love this scripture. In fact, if you watch uh, Peanuts Christmas special, this is what it says in it. And I love it so much. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. 
They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You see, what strikes me is who the angels appear to. The angels could have appeared to the kings, the nobles, and any other high officials. But they chose the lowliest people to give them the good news. Why? Because God loves everyone. And he sent his son to bring great joy to all people, even lowly shepherds in the fields. We're going to watch a video, and it kind of shares the perspective of the shepherd on that Christmas night. You know, the world is filled with people who are lonely, helpless, and feel unloved. And yeah, even during this season. This Christmas, let's bring the good news of God's love to all people. And it can be summed up in perhaps the most well-known scripture of all. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, that scripture is so well known that people take it for granted. But the beauty of John 3.16 is that it speaks the power of Christmas. Christmas starts with Christ. It starts with God loving each and every person that he sent his one and only son so that by believing in him, we will have eternal life with with Father. It's about God loving us so much that he actually put us before him. The last Christmas story I want to share with you guys took place three years ago. And uh, it actually took place before me and Katie got married. And by this time, I'm 25, no longer having, you know, only child syndrome during Christmas. The other 364 days, I was still having problems with it. But um, by this time, me and Katie are getting raised, you know, we're getting married. I actually, have, I actually moved out of my mom's house and found an apartment and wanted to get ready uh, because the, the wedding was going to be only three months after Christmas. And so uh, by this time, I'm not expecting anything. You know, the wedding's coming, the finances... I know we're going through that. Our fa- both our families are, are you know, having to pay for a wedding. And then my mom's work situation kind of changed. She wasn't uh, as financially stable as she was when I was a kid. So even more so, I was like, I really don't want anything for Christmas. In fact, I made it a point to make sure that I got her something great. And so I remember coming, to, coming over and we're opening our gifts. Uh, me and Katie are opening our gifts. And... Uh, I'm, I'm just happy with everything I got. And my mom, she always gets me the same thing. She gets me beef jerky, <laughs> Starbucks gift cards, and uh, some, some other stuff. And so I'm happy with it. And there's no big present. I'm not even wanting one. And so we're all talking stories, and, and I see my mom open her gift, and she's just lit up. And so we're talking stories, <clears throat> and she hands me a card. 
Now, every Christmas, I get a card from my mom. Every year. And when I was a kid, you did what kids did. You open the card, you go like this. What? <laughs> but uh, as I got older, as I became an adult, I, I actually read the card. And so I got the card, and I was like, I'm being honest. Okay? Not just when I was 25, you know, when I got old, you know, when I was getting older. And so uh, I, opened, I, I opened the envelope, and I'm reading the card. And, uh, and it's a really nice card. It's really heartfelt. And I open the card. And I see a check. And I look at the amount on the check. And I stop, and I look at my mom. And I'm looking at her, I'm going, Mom, why? I know you're not doing good financially. I know, you, you know, you're helping pay for the wedding. I know. So what's up with this check? And I didn't even want it. Before I could say anything, we had a moment. And my mom looks at me, and all she said was, Benj, Merry Christmas. I love you. And this is what I learned. Not just from that Christmas, but from the Christmas that God gave to us. Especially this Christmas when we get to celebrate our daughter's first Christmas. There's nothing you won't do for your kids. For my mom, was writing that check when I know that she didn't, she shouldn't have. For God, it was sending his son, knowing that eventually he was going to pay the price for our sins. You see, that's the truth of Christmas. That Christmas is all about Christ. And that's the truth that we need to go out and share with those around us. That's the Christmas sermon that you can preach. I'm going to ask you to buy, uh, you can close your Bibles. You can welcome up to our worship team. Last night, as I was preparing, you know, I was kind of still preparing for this message, uh, Katie and I were, were still up, and Caitlin was still up. She was just fussy around, and, and we're trying to get her to go to sleep. And I'm looking at Caitlin, and, uh, and, I, and I, I thought to myself, I could never do that, God. I could never send my daughter to die for anyone else. But she did. Thank you. For Christmas. You know, there are people out there that are not in here and they're hurting. Some of them might be people that you know. Some of them might be people that you love. You've experienced Christmas. You've experienced when Christ came into your life, gave you a new birth, died for your sins. But there are people out there that never experienced that. They're waiting 
for a Christmas sermon to be, to be preached. Not with our words, but with our heart. See, if Christmas was all about God's amazing love for us, then you and I, in turn, God had put that on display. This Christmas, I know we're going to give gifts to our loved ones. But there are those that, they don't need a gift. All they need is Jesus. And you can do that. For some of us, it might be just spending time with them. Maybe calling them up on the phone. Maybe there's a relationship that God is saying, fix it. And use Christmas to do that. For some of us, maybe it's going beyond our comfort zone. Trust me. If you think you're going beyond your comfort zone, remember this. Jesus left heaven to come to this messed up world. Pretty sure we can get out of our comfort zones. For some of us, it may very be as simple as using this, our invitation cards, and inviting someone to our Christmas program or a Christmas service, or just telling them Merry Christmas. Jesus is the light of the world. But he's used, he wants us to shine his light. There's something that I, I watched the other day. And I thought to myself, that's a good point. So many times if we fix our eyes on Jesus, you came to this earth to give us great things. But did you ever wonder, what do we give him back? What do you get, Jesus? Like, really, what do you get, Jesus? Here, Jesus, this is a card. I don't need that. You know what Jesus wants? Is us. So church, I do this with our youth and I do it tonight. I challenge us to go and give Christmas away. Amen. You can buy your heads and close your eyes. My Lord, words cannot even express how much we owe you. When it comes to this season of Christmas, Lord, for some of us, and I know I'm guilty of it sometimes, we, we lose focus. But tonight, would you draw us back to your heart? Draw us back to why we even have this season and every other season. It's because of you. Lord, there are people out, out of this church and even people in this church that are hurting, that they feel unloved, that they feel lonely. You came to this earth so that none of us would have to do that. None of us would have to be that. Lord, you came to be the light of the world. And so this Christmas, Lord, may we give you away. May in everything that we do shine your light so that all will see our good deeds and glorify you. Lord, we thank you for this season. We thank you that it's not just a nice story, but that it's the truth of your love. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all that you do.
but most of all, for who you are. In your powerful and precious name we pray, Lord. We all said, amen.